This is Womb, the podcast that celebrates the power of rebirth. I'm your host, Nova Cobbin, and on this show, we'll hear from amazing women who dared to rediscover who they are. Women who reignited long-lost passions, took bold leaps of faith, and reimagined their futures in ways they never thought possible. Each week, we'll be inspired by the stories of strength, courage, and resilience. Stories that remind us it's never too late to start anew. There are always second chances, new beginnings, and opportunities for rebirth. So join us as we explore the journeys of phenomenal women who reinvented themselves and created the lives they've always dreamed of. Welcome to Womb Rebirth. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Womb the Rebirth podcast. I am here today with the lovely Charlotte Carter. Uh, Charlotte, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Would you like to give us a little introduction to you, what it is that you do, and who you are? So my name's Charlotte Carter. I'm a global high-performance coach, and I work with ambitious female entrepreneurs and leaders to basically get out of their own way and blow their own minds. So basically ditch their fears, their judgment, their limits, and stand strongly and proudly in their brilliance. Amazing. And hopefully we're going to find out a little bit more about why that was the path that you ended up on as a result of understanding a little bit more about how you got here and what your story of rebirth has looked like. So um, where would you like us to start? So we can start when I was a very young girl, if you like. Let's go way back. I'm 50 next year. So let's go way back. Um, And I had this inner desire to help others. So it was spotted as a young age, this is what I was going to be. I helped people in different guises throughout my teens. And then I thought at that stage, okay, I'm going to be a physiotherapist. It's like, this is where I'm going to go. This is going to be a bit of the physical, a bit of I can do all my sports side and a bit of the physio. That's where I was. That's what I set my heart at, at probably 15, 16. My mind wasn't necessarily at the level of the grades that you had to get to get into physio at that start, that time. So it's like, oh, I've not got the grades, I've got to resit. So I resat my A-levels. I got into a broader degree, which is a degree in health studies. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just do a year of this and then I'll go on to physio. Mm-hmm. But then the year turned into three years and I got my degree and then headed off into a world of mental health um, in various guises. So that's kind of... The piece around me was always about serving people, which is where I stand now, but I kind of served people in a way that wasn't necessarily my true brilliance. And how did you come to, so I think we often kind of go down a pathway that is sort of set for us, depending on kind of the grades we get or what society says we're able to do. And often we'll go down that pathway and we'll have this underlying, maybe even slightly nagging sense that this is, a pathway that is adjacent to where we want to be but is maybe not the exact pathway that we were looking for and then we kind of look around and and see where we can kind of course correct a little bit and get back on path so was there sort of um obviously you were sort of enjoying to a certain extent what you were doing but did you have that sort of underlying nagging sense or was it just a very obvious like this is not the road that road that I want to be on it's just the road that I am on So I was very much that serial job hopper. So I would get in a job. So first of all, when I first got my degree, I was was working in clinical trials, um, working with people with uh, on oncology trials. And I was I loved that work. And then it was like, okay, I've outgrown that work. So let's go into something else. 
So then I went into community work, then I went into different mental health, then I went into the police and the NHS and all different sides. So I, my path was, I'm going to get in this space, I'm going to give it my best shot, and then I'm going to know when I feel like I've outgrown it or it feels uncomfortable, and I'm going to jump to another thing, another external thing, rather than looking within of what's the piece that you're still searching while you keep jumping to different jobs. And what for you was because you mentioned there I would change jobs either when I felt that I'd outgrown it or I was uncomfortable so that discomfort that you felt was that something that was a piece of the I've outgrown this or was that something else so that was a piece around seeking external validation for myself Mm -hmm. so it was because I didn't get the grades because I didn't get into you know physio that I thought I wanted to do at that stage I was forever then on this proving journey to everybody else that I could make it no matter what the job was so I very quickly went into companies climbed up and then it was like okay I'm going to jump shit I think it was because I got comfortable and I love being uncomfortable so I think there's a drive within me now there is a drive about this uncomfortable stretch that I love and acknowledge within myself but my pattern was I would just keep jumping. Mm, yes. Okay. And I can, I really resonate with that. That's been very similar to, to my own journey as well. So, okay. So you've gone from kind of job to job um, and felt this comfort with being uncomfortable, I, I guess you could say. Um, and then, so what happens next? So then there is, you know, life marriage the family and then it's like let's find a role that fits in with that I've got two children that are 18 months apart so it's like very quick I suddenly had these you know children that I was navigating I was the the primary person my husband's got his own business and so then it was okay let the role then has to fit in with the dynamics of my life so then it was the pressure was taken off the role I stayed in one for seven years after being like the serial two year three year because it fitted in with family so my external validation then went to well now it's going to be about me being a mom and I want to be a great mom so I'm going to work two days a week and everything else is going to be about raising the family mm-hmm. so my switch and focus again didn't look at me it looked at what I wanted to be in this role of mom I guess so there is a dual role there because there is the sort of call to an external validation through embodying a role so fully but equally I think that does still answer an internal part of you as well do you think yeah 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 I think it's like there's a there's a piece within me that that was part of how I'd love my life to be have a family and I'm very fortunate I've been able to and so there's a piece that was like I've made it okay so then it was like I've made it in this element now I'm going to give it my all. Mm-hmm. So to give it my all, I'm going to create this environment where I work part-time and I can do whatever I want in terms of bringing the children up when they're little. And then it led on to where I am, where I made big, big changes as the children grew up. So I know that there was um, a moment for you, a sort of in the mirror moment, I, I believe it was. So would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Like I say, my children, my youngest was coming up to being a teenager. So I kind of like done the, not the bulk, but, you know, a big majority of that role. And it was time for me to look at what my next stretch was um, and look at where I wanted to really focus. So I'm really keen on sports, really keen on running and helping 
people get fit in a way that feels good for them. And there was a local running club that was advertising for some volunteers. So I thought, well, this is going to be great. This is going to allow me to do something that's just for me. It's not for my work. It's not for the family. It's something that I could just do and meet some new people. And that was the day that changed everything. And that was the day that changed who I saw in the mirror. So what happened in the run-up to that was I was like, oh, I'm really excited about this. And the day came and I decided that I had to work on what I was going to wear. So it was a running club. It was like an opportunity where we would just go and basically talk about whether we wanted to join as volunteers. And there was no criteria. They said there's going to be like cake and hot drinks and a glass of wine if you want. It was totally low key. I had got myself into a real tears about what I was going to wear, how I was going to show up, how I was going to introduce myself. And this is what I call my mirror moment in that I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, who actually are you? Because this there's all these versions of me that were totally like nailing it into certain areas of my life. But when it came to me doing something for me, I had 100% lost who I was. I didn't know what I was going to wear. I didn't know how I was going to introduce myself. So this in this mirror moment, it was like, um, like a, a huge... Uh, like epiphany really where I was like this is not how I live my life it's not how I want to be this isn't the identity of who I am I've lost my identity and so I rem- I worked out what I was going to wear and I worked, wore all my like my peak as we call it I was there in all my running gear and I walked there and I remember clearly thinking this is going to change everything and I got there None of the other women were in their PE kit. They were all like in dresses. They were in like, just like some had just come from work. They're in work outfits. So I, it was automatically, I was like, this is all somewhere along the line. I've lost sight of what is actually happening around me. So I got there and the run leader um, who owns this charity is fabulous. And she was like, I said, I just didn't know what to wear. I was really awkward, like a young girl. I was like, I just didn't know what to wear. And she was like, did you think I was going to ask you to run? And I said, well, I don't know if I even thought about what you were going to ask me. I just had to get myself here. I totally went on an intuitive call to get there. And yeah, that was the time that that changed everything. I love the sort of vulnerability piece in that story, because I think that we build a version of self with what we've got available to us. And when we build ourselves around a role like being a mother or or doing a job, then we build a very kind of um, compartmentalized version of self, which works for the period of time where you're in that compartment, if you like. But when you want to open the door and, and go out of the compartment and you haven't been out for a really long time and you don't really know what it looks like outside of that compartment, it's a really vulnerable time, right? It's a hugely vulnerable time because all of a sudden you're lost. So yeah. all of a sudden I felt really lost and I didn't feel like I belonged in any of the compartments. Mm. It's like, hang on, this awareness now shakes up every role that I play in every scenario mm. because are they be, have they been real? Have they just been a part of me? And so it was a whole, like, you know, let's open this, a uh, big wide scenery for me to be able to see which part of me is actually running the performance as I like to call it which part of me is true and which part is just the guise of you know layers of society or conditioning and I think that that's 
a very scary moment for a lot of people, sort of seeing that expanse in front of you and that sense of growth in any direction that is available at that point can feel incredibly overwhelming. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of shut the door and go back again, because that's too much. That's a lot to take in that expanse. So what allowed you to look at the expanse in front of you and to not be afraid enough that you went back into your compartment? What allowed you to stay out in the expanse, even though that was quite scary and vulnerable? I think for me, it goes full circle to the little girl who has this innate ability to help and grow. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have like an inner grit where this expanse and this journey is here for a reason. I've got to stand strong because I'm going to help people with this part of their journey. So I had like an inner knowing, even though I'd lost everything, I felt like I'd come home. So I was in a place where I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I was 45. It's like, this is the piece. And then it was, you went on, well, why haven't I seen it? I went on all, you know, why haven't I seen it? What was going on? What's happened to uncover why it took me the time to get to where I am now and why it was the springboard to where I am now? Okay. So what did you, because I think that's a really interesting inquiry, the idea of why did it take me this long to see it and why... Um, did I have to go on this long pathway to 45 before I've even been able to uh, sort of open that door and see the expanse? And I guess some of that is just life, you know, and 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 life stage and having children and all of those kind of things. Was there anything else that you recognised was kind of stopping that door from, from opening? So for me, the underlying thread was all about belonging. And I hadn't ultimately allowed myself given myself permission trusted myself to belong to myself so it's all about giving 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 and I love giving so why would I not and then ultimately that was always at the detriment of these pieces within me that I hadn't necessarily allowed shine at that stage so you're because I think that's another really common thing that we have is that we are if we're givers then we we give away things like our energy and our time to the detriment of of ourselves and of course there's that thing that we all know and all hear all the time that you you if you give everything away and there's nothing left for you then you stop being able to do the thing that is your gift which is to give to other people so you're not actually sustaining your ability to to be the thing that you want to be which is the giver so um i think that's a, a really common thing that that happens and so what for you, um, so you've kind of had this revelation and you've stepped into this new expanse and you've recognized that help the reason that you want to be there and stay there is because you can carry on giving. What did you need to change about yourself at that point to be able to sustain that and be able to stay out there? So I needed to, at that stage, understand who I actually was. What are the pieces of me that I am here, that are at my core, where my values, my strengths, all of those foundational pieces? Who am I solo standing alone? What is that about and how does that feel and can I feel comfortable in it? And where's the um, part of me that feels safe in that? Uh, that is all absolutely the thing that needs to happen. But... I think that unless we kind of have worked with somebody or we are well read on these subjects or we know a lot about it already, which I guess you did, 
then we don't necessarily know what the first steps are or the steps that we need to take. So um, was that just from your background and your experience that you were like, I need to take myself through this process? Or was there something else that helped you to see what the gaps were that you needed to fill? So I think for me at that stage, there was a big awareness of the classic phrase, you don't know what you don't know. So I remember being in that place of, you know, don't worry about the fact that you didn't see all this before. That bit's okay. How are you going to work on it yourself? What do you feel like the tools are that are going to work for you? So the first thing I did was then do some more training. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to work as a transformational life coach. I'm going to do my clinical hypnotherapy. I need to understand what's gone on in my mind, what my stories are that have led me to here. So I reached for a qualification to give me because when you do those kind of qualifications, you're, you go through it yourself to give me my answers and then take it from there. And I think that's um, what a lot of people who have gone through kind of robust training find is that they have, they start on a journey of, I want to understand myself so that I can understand and help other people. And often it's a little, I don't know how it was for you, but I know that with my training, it was quite a shock to understand sort of like quite how much, um work I would have to do on myself first and how difficult that journey would be and how uncomfortable that journey would be through that so how was it for you how was the training for you well it was quite interesting because at 40 so five years before I'd started to train to be a counsellor and I'd done a year counselling and I knew that wasn't the right modality for me there was something about it I was like I know I want to go subconscious or something around that so it had taken me then another five years to get to where I am but I was like okay so I knew I dabbled in it but it hadn't felt right so I knew there was going to be this level of um you know super exposure vulnerability and I'm very much an all-in person so I was like this is it I, I it was like I can't do what I've been doing any longer. So it's like this has to, I have to go all in and I have to experience it. And for me, it was super uplifting because each piece of knowledge helped me put together the puzzle of how I'd got to where I'd got to. And it helped me feel more uh, content within myself to be able to look at the next layer and next layer and the next layer. And were there any kind of low points for you during that time? Yeah, there's all the pieces, isn't there? When you, well, for me personally, when you start to unpick things that you thought were your truths about yourself, your family, your friendships, and then you start to unpick that actually some of those things were not necessarily who you thought you were or the shadow pieces of your behavior or your personality, and they come to the forefront. And some of them at times can be a surprise and hurtful and, you know, sometimes a little bit harsh. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, that's an ongoing thing, right? If we're going to continue to grow, then we need to continue to be uncomfortable and to look into those kind of shadow areas or those difficult areas. And I think that that's a really important thing to do. And I think that often uh, we kind of feel like we've got to this level and we're like, okay, great. I'm, I feel more aware. I feel like I'm growing. I feel like I'm doing my thing. And then we reach the next kind of pull to the next rebirth. Like there's another pull to the next level. And we start to feel a little bit uncomfortable again. And we start to feel a little bit too, um, like there's another layer of growth ready to happen. We kind of feel that happening. So um, tell us sort of how that evolved for you. Was there another moment when you're doing the work that you're doing where you're like, oh, this needs to go to another level now? So I think what happened is I trained I had the whole running 
epiphany should we say second of april and then i retrained in that summer set my business up in the october so the next kind of rebirth was like the whole world of entrepreneurship because it's like a whole journey it shows different sides of you like never before so that was the next piece it was like okay now it's holding yourself as the ceo of this company that you want to build with the skills that you've had and the identity that you've created how does that look and feel and this you know a million and one bumps in the road on that journey yes for sure for sure and I think it does challenge our our identity a lot to suddenly have to be more visible to suddenly have to start kind of um taking a stance on things like what do I stand for what do I care about what are my standards what are my boundaries you know all of those kind of things are more public and -hmm. people get to know more about you through those things that you're putting out there so um how did that feel for you were you comfortable with that from the off the bat or did it take a while so I wasn't comfortable off the bat now um I was feeling my way so I was um very suddenly immersed in a very successful area in my business and it's like this is like suddenly skyrocketing and because I invested so much in myself and my personal growth and my business growth I was suddenly around people who'd been in this entrepreneurship a while so it's like I was like a sponge it's like learn 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 how do I feel and it was very much um a whole period of learning in an academia way and then okay how do I want to do it for myself and I think that translation sometimes is is tricky moving from one world to another and and what kind of happened at home during that time so um it's a big change for everybody in the, in our in our world when we start to make changes for ourselves what were the kind of reactions that you were seeing around you um and were they negative positive you know what was the mix like around you do you feel like so we we sort of, kind of we've spoken about the idea that you know you wanted to discover who you were uh, without anything else around you and none of those roles kind of being outside of all of those roles so do you feel like this was another point at which you learned something new about yourself. I think this was the piece where it's like, I'm the leader of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I lead the life that I know I'm here to do on many guises, then the people around me will adjust. They will um, support. Um, my family is hugely supportive, so it's never anything negative, but it was just like my awareness that people will adjust when mm-hmm. I do things that are in my you know, zone of genius, expertise or speciality. Yeah, and I think that's true. I think when you make a move towards what you know you want, then the world does kind of like accommodate that change because it it needs to um, and because it wants to stand alongside you as you as you step into that. Um, Okay, so uh, I know that a lot of the work that you do now kind of focuses around individuals and I think you do some company work as well. Is that right? Um, so what do you enjoy about the differences between the two, working with individuals and working as a sort of um, corporate? So I do group coaching as well with entrepreneurs. So one-to-ones, there's nothing like one-to-one work in terms of accelerated deep personal growth. So when I think about my journey, and I've always had a one-to-one coach, so there's elements where they have definitely unlocked a piece of my uh, next version of myself for certain that wouldn't have happened in a group because it's just not that kind of space. So one-to-ones, 
I feel are have that element of um, well, the people that I work with, they want quick answers anyway, so they want that quick turnaround. So there's a piece around let's go very in very quick, let's go very deep, and let's work out where you are. So I love that; it's a big part of who I am and how I work. So it's a reflection of my, how I work. Then my groups are about um, more the like embracing the community part of personal growth together. So therefore, women and they're around personal growth on multiple levels, ultimately focusing on their, their identity and trusting themselves. So they give a very different dynamic to who I am, because I'm very much about like, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. So when you run a group program and you've got all of them in there saying, you know, this was great, this was great, and reflecting back to each other, how they see each other, then that's a big part of, again, part of why I first started that in the running club was it was a community. Mm. So there's a piece of me that's around a community from a young girl I helped in communities. So there's a piece around that for certain, but they they just give different things. And I, I love that because you're sort of pulling out the elements of what makes you who you are and then having different channels to express those parts of you. So there's a part of you that wants to go deep and, and have that personal kind of uh, one-to-one relationship where that transformation can happen on a very deep level. And then there's another part of who you are the needing to be part of a community, which I think we all need actually, but um, and expressing that in what you do. So we're kind of getting an idea of like these parts of you that you found and that you put together and that you now express through your work. And I'm going to ask you a question and you may not know the answer and I don't want to kind of land you in a, in a difficult spot <laughs> to answer something on the spot. We've kind of talked about this idea of you finding yourself and who you are. Do you think that you have found who you are? And is there a way that you can put voice to that? I mean, could you tell us who you are? Or is that still something that's sort of intangible and growing? I think we are always growing. If I was to say, like, intuitively, I would say I'm 70% whole of who I am, if that makes sense. So I would say I, I feel like I've come home in all these elements of myself but I still think there's more growth um I feel more energetically aligned physically aligned all of those kind of things so I would say that there's a piece around me and it's in positive psychology and all of the kind of angles that I teach around you we're always growing but there's a piece around my love of learning is part of me and as a high performance coach, part of my love of learning is about my own performance. So I will always have that. You know, ne- I'm never going to say I've, you know, I've hit the finish line. I've made it. I'm always going to be a few strides away from where I perceive the finish line to be at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, in terms of if I was to, uh, if I was to say who I am, I'm a, you know highly ambitious empathic driven entrepreneur who's out there to embrace the ripple effect of her work I feel like I do that but I feel like I could always do more so Mm -hmm. I think I'm not seeking validation like I was for certain but I'm acknowledging this love of learning within me and the piece around reflection assessing those kind of parts of growth are a big part of my drive they're like in the circle of my growth so I know who I am today in this moment, 
70%. I think that's probably my off the cuff answer. Yeah, lovely answer. Lovely answer. And I think, you know, that's a question that I would find really hard to answer because I think that you have a sense of yourself or I have a sense of myself, but I don't know that I could kind of put that into words without using some kind of role to describe it or some kind of activity to describe it, which outside of the role and the activity or the love or the passion or any of those kind of things, I wouldn't have a word to describe who I am without any of those external things. Like I I feel like my sense of who I am has to be expressed externally and therefore it becomes part of the external world and therefore my internal world and my external world have to coexist so I'm always going to be something more than just my sense of self I'm also going to be all those things in the external world and there lies for me like a real kind of dual dualism sort of puzzle of I'm never going to be able to tell you who I am because without any of those things I will exist but I won't have any words or external reflections to give that voice if you see what I mean I find it a very interesting, strange thing that we go through is that and that sort of existential idea of I I am me, but I don't know ever how I'm going to um, describe that without it being a reflection of something that is external to me. I totally, totally agree. And I think it's the the combination. It's a bit like one of the conversations I'm having at the moment. So quite a lot of my work now is the mind and body balance. So the conversations that we're having and the concept is like, does your mind run your performance or does your body run your performance? Mm-hmm. Which one is leading your life and how do you want your dynamics to be? And it's a bit like that in terms of my journey for so, so long, up until pre-45, my body was running the show. So I worked in very intense jobs in mental health. I was super fit. I would counteract some of those intense jobs by going out and doing loads of exercise. And now I would say stillness runs the show so now I've gone from movement running the show now I'd say my mind and stillness runs the show to be able to me to find this deeper inner peace which is what I was always searching for and is that um because I I I love that idea of kind of like being able to see what part of you is running the show is that for you something that will continually change so that it will be um you'll go through a period of stillness and then at some point your expectation is that there will be another period where another part of you will be running the show again. I think my expectation is that you find your own season in your own rhythm. So it's like the next piece of my personal growth now is like a permission piece to feel good in the stillness and feel good in the movement. So to allow yourself to run the shows consecutively. Mm-hmm. rather than having to be one or the other and one being the leader and one not so that's there's a piece around uh finding my balance but yeah I definitely think you would weave in and out depending on what you were focusing on Mm. yes I I I, and I for me that's kind of like the the pinnacle if you like is where we're able to have these because I sort of see them as kind of concurrent running spirals that are sort of intersecting and that we're always in growth as we're going through these areas of our lives that are spiraling. But that when you are able to have all of those parts of your lives or your parts of you running in alignment so that they are all getting kind of equal attention, if you like, and they are all kind of um, woven together, that that is, where you, that is where we feel that sort of sense of fulfillment, even if it's only kind of for a short period of time, we feel fulfillment when 
all of those parts of us, even if it's just in a moment, are feeling like they are in alignment. And I'm not convinced that that is a state that we enter into um, permanently. For very few of us, I think we enter into that permanently, but that we can work towards being in that state more often. Yeah, I would say that, so when I work in terms of high performance, we're looking at all the areas of your life where you can perform at a way that feels good for you. And then when we get to like a a state where you're seven out of 10 for most of them, how can you spin them more? And how can you know when you're out of alignment with them? Because like you say, you're not going to get 10 out of 10 for all of them all the time. You might have one moment in time, or you might not. Or you might be lucky and fortunate enough to create a a handful of moments like that. But ultimately, it's when you pop back out of alignment, what are the tools that you've got there to bring yourself back? And how can you get, how can you stay close, like spinning 10 plates and then not drop? How can you do that with ease and Mm. be able to do that sustainably rather than reaching, reaching, you know, and then suddenly they've all fallen? So let's just kind of bring it to a close by going right back to the beginning again so I like to ask people at the end of the podcast if they could go back and speak to little girl Charlotte right at the beginning of her journey what would she want to what knowledge would you want to impart to her now that she didn't know then Uh, I would say possibly what we've touched on I would say trust the process and trust the journey trust yourself like never before um lean into your body as you go through life and your intuition and all of the guidance stand strong in that hold your nerve in that and ultimately experiment go with things that you that light you up try them if it doesn't work don't worry try something else um allow yourself to lead your life not by anybody else's rule book beautiful that's really beautiful thank you charlotte thank you so much for talking to me today and uh, for all your insights and for letting us hear more about your journey it's been really really interesting and i could have talked to you for much longer about it thank you so much you are so welcome i have massively enjoyed being on your podcast and um yeah it's exciting we could talk for hours couldn't we absolutely absolutely (laughs) and thank you so much to everybody listening and i will see you on the next podcast episode If you're enjoying this podcast, why not download the Womb app? It's going to help you to understand what a rebirth is and how to have all for yourself. Join in the chat rooms, download the materials and programs and get monthly coaching and monthly networking, all for the price of $6.99 a month. Download now in the App Store or Google Play Store.